0: saw Kyle Lowry leave the floor he proclaimed offense is dead offense remains dead and we have killed it how shall we comfort ourselves the murderers of all murderers who will wipe this blood off us what water is there for us to cleanse ourselves end quote that was Frederick Nietzsche or Nietzsche I'm not sure the proper way to say it anyway oh my god that game was an absolute fever dream Having that pop punk music playing over top of it as an intro for this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in the Gutter Eating Pizza Fever Dream type of game is strange. But hey, the Raptors have their first win of the season, defeating the lowly New York Knicks who, (laughs) I mean, they shot 9% from three-point land. 9%. That's not... Actually, it's less than 9%. They shot 8.4%. They went three for 36. You, the listener, could probably go out there and hit four out of 36 three-point shots. Not against an NBA defense, but they get paid millions of dollars, so they should be doing it anyway. Mind you, hey, it's the Knicks. So what does this all mean? Uh, The Raptors have a win. None of this game, not a single thing that happened in it absolves them of the problems that they currently have going forward. The problems with the offense, the problems with the defense, I did not see a fix there. There is a W in the W column, though. And that is meaningful. So at least there's that. Okay, and regarding the Pascal Siakam disciplinary actions that were taken for this game, if you're listening to this podcast to catch up on the game and you didn't see the game and you're wondering, hey, Pascal didn't have any points and he didn't look, well... He was disciplined by the team. He was available. So he gets his money for the game. He'll be paid. He was dressed in street clothes on the sidelines. And and I didn't think that he was dressed very well. I thought he was a bit much. I didn't like his outfit for, <laughs> for what it's worth. That doesn't mean I don't like Siakam. I, I really like him. So anyway, I'll just read off what Blake has reported via his Twitter account. So because he was planning on asking Nick Nurse about this after the game. And so Nick Nurse on Pascal Siakam, quote, it was a disciplined thing for an internal matter. That's the decision we went with tonight. Just going to keep it at that. It's an internal matter. End quote. Tried to follow up. Nurse continued, quote, there's a certain way we want to do things, and everyone has to be a part of that. End quote. Okay, so the initial, whatever... The jumping-off point for this, a lot of people are assuming, is that Pascal Siakam fouled out against the Philadelphia 76ers, and with 25.1 or 25.6, whatever it was, seconds left on the clock, he headed to the locker room. The Raptors, unless something else happened behind the scenes, which seems like that's probably the case. For example, this would be a really strange hard line to take with your max player. To to my eye, anyway. For example, Terrence Davis cut a hole in his mask in the bubble to protest against the rules the NBA had set out, and he he didn't have any disciplinary action. So I'm not saying he should have. I'm just saying the Raptors have been lenient on some type of action that would be considered detrimental to the team before. So giving Pascal, sitting him for a game, your max player when he walked off the court early I don't think that's indicative of what the full story at all, and they seem to be very tight-lipped, as they usually are, on their reasoning, but there is heavy insinuation that uh, something else happened, and I couldn't tell you what it was, but Alex Len had a quote from earlier in today about tension in the locker room. He's a new guy, maybe not as tight-lipped as many Raptors players and front office members, so... Maybe that was a look into it, and then we see Pascal Siakam sitting out. Josh Lundberg says, sources coach Siakam, confirmed that he was indeed disciplined for his actions on Tuesday night, heading to the locker room early. Okay. I'm told Pascal, this is in Josh Lundberg's voice, of course, I'm told Pascal, quote, accepted the action the team chose to take, but was obviously, end quote, by the way, but was obviously disappointed not to be out there playing with his teammates tonight. And yes, this is the Reaction Podcast, uh, where you listen to me read tweets from other members of Raptors Media. So apparently, it is just related to walking off the court. Although if Pascal did something even more egregious, not saying that walking off the court is particularly egregious, not to my eye anyway, but if he did something more egregious, he probably wouldn't want anybody to know either. So grain of salt. A huge grain of salt with everything all the time, it seems. Okay, so Pascal didn't play. (laughs) Very glad to have that covered for you. Let's walk through the game. So, as it usually happens, the Raptors have been really good in first quarters. Like, really good. And very good, usually, when Kyle Lowry's on the floor. It is when he leaves the floor that they struggle. In this game, they managed to string together some winning minutes with him off the court. That was the most important part of this game because it seems like clockwork. They're going to win their minutes with Kyle. He comes out in the first quarter. He's driving the offense. They're hitting their threes. It's good. Norm in the lineup instead of Siakam. He's punching gaps he's finding. He's getting to the rim. He's taking pull-up jumpers. He's hitting them. It's a really nice feeling. Everybody's saying, okay, the, the guys are getting back in the groove. This is fine. Everything's going to work out. But aha! another offensive drought strikes. And the Raptors go into the second quarter up four, but only scoring 22 points against the Knicks. And to think that the Raptors did not play an extremely good brand of defense in this one, more so the Knicks were missing wide open threes. And I don't mean the scheme of the Raptors where they typically find a guy who doesn't shoot the three well. And, you know, to be fair, maybe that was the scheme because Everybody shoots the three bad on the Knicks except for Reggie Bullock. And Reggie Bullock went like 0 for 9, I think, largely on open or wide-open attempts. Anyway, they give up a lot of wide-open threes, a lot of them. And the Knicks, man, did they ever just clank away. So 18 points in the first quarter for the Knicks was not super unusual. It was just a process of a bunch of players who don't hit shots from the outside very often hitting shots, and when the Knicks spanked the Bucks, there were guys like Frank Nilakina going 4-for-4 four four from downtown. There were guys like Alfred Payton, 3-of-3. Three three. Alec Burks, who was actually a decent three-point shooter, 4-of-5. I mean, Julius Randle, 3-of-5. They were canning triples against the Bucks, and it's probably worth noting that Alec Burks and Frank Nilkina were both out of this game, so take from that what you will as was Dennis Smith Jr., and Obi Toppin, and Omari Spellman. The Knicks have got a lot going on, obviously. So the Raptors had a lot of bad three-point shooters, uh, missing a lot of open three-point shots against them, and they still were allowing a bit of rim penetration, mostly from Julius Randle. And you know what? Julius Randle, the way he plays, he's very physical threat, really strong going to his left hand. Even with OG Ananobi on him, who I thought played really good defense, he was strong getting the bucket, and he had 16, 10, and 5, and I thought OG was actually very good. So it just speaks to how determined Randall is to getting to the bucket, maybe. But the Raptors, they, they have, they'll have good defensive stats after this one, but the process doesn't seem exceptional compared to where they have been in uh, the other games so far this season. But... It's the offense that's been troubling them, really. Actually, you know what? It's been a multitude of things. But the offense has been really bad, sans Lowry. They've lost the minutes by a lot, as I said earlier. And now they're just trying to get back on track. But in general, the first quarter, I think, largely carried by Lowry, Norm, and Boucher looked pretty good at the end of the first quarter into the second quarter, providing that vertical threat in the pick and roll, long on defense, can be intimidating to some players, especially if they're guards trying to drive in. He is like a pterodactyl at the rim. He will fly at you, and he has a very long wingspan. So, yes, exactly that thing that I described. Second quarter, it was uh, not great. This was where the game, you say, okay, it's not just one quarter. The whole game is going to be this slog of very sloppy basketball Miss jumpers, offensive droughts. And the Raptors in this quarter, basically to end the quarter, went four minutes without a field goal. This also coincided with, <laughs> with Kyle off the floor. And the worst part was that when Kyle was on the floor with Fred, Kyle was mostly playing off ball. The Raptors sometimes just seem to not want to play to their strengths. And if this is about developing Fred as the lead guard, hey. Uh, as far as large sample size, I think Pascal Siakam has a more sterling record of creation in the pick and roll than Fred Van Vliet does. And on Fred Van Vliet's contract, you can be happy with what he provides if he's playing more typically like a shooting guard. Less on ball, more off ball. I mean, a lot of his points tonight came off ball because he's an excellent catch and shoot operator. You don't have to force him into pick and roll possessions So that he gets these reps as a lead ball handler. It just... I don't get it. I don't understand the fixation. But maybe they foresee something. I've been low on Fred's pick and roll play for three years now. So maybe I'm just a hater. But that's my take on it. And if you're wondering if the rim pressure is still a problem. I mean, if they weren't playing the Knicks tonight, the process of how they played I don't think ends well. They're still so reliant on the three-point line. I mean, they made 17 threes. 17 is a lot, but when you take 52 threes and 83 field goal attempts, you're just, they're so reliant on the three-point line. And I don't think that's sustainable. It makes them so, there's so much high variance going on in their game in that defensively, they want to allow a lot of threes. And offensively, they're going to take this many And I think they'd be on pace to set the record for the most threes by percentage ever taken by a team. They just, they want to live and die by the three for, and they have players on the roster who should be working at getting downhill. Of course, Powell is better at that tonight. Lowry a little bit too, but man alive, they really like the three pointer. Hopefully when Pascal comes back, they can get that sorted, but As it currently stands, not great. And to end the second quarter, going into halftime, tied at 42 with the Knicks because Mitchell Robinson kind of grinds for buckets, Julius Randle's getting to the glass, R.J. Barrett a little bit, and Alfred Payton finishing over top of Aaron Baines twice. Baines still not great towards the rim when he's defending. He's actually been better towards the perimeter defensively, which is odd. Not something you see for big men. It's the opposite of Len. Len in this game was good offensively, good defending the rim, but like in the other games, he's great at the rim defensively, and when he's moving his feet in the pig and roll, he is dead in the water. So that happened in this game. He doesn't fit well in the zone either, to be quite honest, but hey, that's life. Okay, so the third quarter was basically a practice in what the Raptors could do sans Lowry, and it turns out that that high variance offense, the three pointer, and asking a guy who did not take very many three pointers with the Sacramento Kings, but when he was with the Hawks, he took quite a few of them. Alex Len, asking him to go inferno from downtown, even to the point where they run the infamous hammer play that we saw Lowry, Powell, Van Fleet on the you know recipient end of so many times last year. They ran it for Alex Len. And he hit it. I mean, what the hell, right? And so he was buoying the offense. Believe it or not, Alex Len was buoying the Raptors offense in the third quarter as the Knicks really struggled to score the Raptors as well. But they grinded out and they, they put up a lot of threes and they had some fall in. And so you have Alex Len at the end of the game, three for three from downtown, 11 points in 12 minutes, and a plus eight. Because he came in, they won minutes, and the guys attached to him, they got a nice bump in plus-minus as well. Lowry wasn't on the floor, and they won minutes, and all they needed was a guy who typically doesn't shoot a lot of threes to just shoot 100% on heavy volume for one quarter. What a team. It's, it's confusing, to be quite honest, what is happening in Toronto the team hasn't been like this in a really long time. It is wackadoodle. It is mad hat and wacky. It is... I don't have any more adjectives that quite fit, but it's something for sure. And so Alex Len puts the team on his back, makes it work from downtown. Van Vliet, he chips in a little bit too. Norman Powell still pressing towards the glass as far as getting the ball to the bucket. That was nice to see. But otherwise... Pedestrian by everybody else. It's just kind of going through the motions. Lowry hit some shots at the top of the quarter. But the Raptors, it seemed at the end of the third quarter, finally starting to pull away. And that was nice. Very nice to see. The fourth quarter, functionally, just the Raptors hitting shots, the Knicks missing everything. The Raptors started playing zone, and the Knicks kept hoisting from downtown. They went seven minutes. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. In an NBA game without a field goal. And the Raptors just hung out in their zone defense. Played a little bit offense on the other side. Fred Van Vliet off ball. Getting loose for jumpers. You know, Chris Boucher being aggressive on the roll. Everybody else chipping in. It was not super, super eventful. But the Raptors, they pulled away. Went on a 13-2 run. Kind of to close it out. And then bench guys came in. Malachi Flynn, Paul Watson, a lot of pseudo-fan favorites that people are waiting to see. They got like two minutes of action. Uh, Not great. I think Malachi Flynn should be getting actually meaningful minutes in these games just to see what you're working with. I mean, a 29th pick is not a huge, huge deal. But for the Raptors who don't get draft picks that often because they've been dealing them or they've kind of been sticking with undrafted guys you know Terrence Davis is on the squad but Dewan Hernandez isn't for example you look at the way they've constructed their roster a first round pick before Malachi Flynn the last one is OG Ananobi and there's a a space of you know three years I mean OG is going into his fourth year right now so that's that's what you're looking at I'd like to see them try because the offense has been abysmal without Lowry so far so that's my piece, I think, as far as that goes. But the Raptors, 183, man, they they pull it out. It was uh, it was grimy. It was not pretty, but it's a win. So it goes in the W column. The Raptors are now not so far back from first in the East, let's say. The uh, Reggie Evans Award, I'm actually going to give it to Yuta Watanabe. And it's because the four rebounds, the defensive intensity he brought in the nine minutes that he played, I liked a lot. There was no offensive output, none at all. And that makes it even more so a fitting tribute to mm-hmm. Reggie Evans. So you come in, you eat some glass, you run around defensively, you try and make a difference with your body, not your talent, not your finesse, just the body. And Watanabe, hey man, he did his thing tonight. So he's our Reggie Evans award winner. And this game was not defined by intensity or energy. So I think it's fitting that a guy like him can sneak in and steal it. The top quick reaction comment is from Robin. Quote, Alex Len is second on our team in plus minus behind Lowry. His size was a factor on both ends to turn the game. Also, lets us play Boucher at the four for the first time. I want to see him over Baines at this point. End quote. Okay. Uh, Alex Len in this game certainly was better than Baines. His pick-and-roll defense, I think, is not as good going forward, which makes him a little bit more matchup dependent. I think the Knicks are not dangerous in the pick-and-roll at all. They do not have potent ball handlers, and I think that made Len a very, very good option for this game. Offensively, he brought pop, but the pick-and-roll play, I still think, will have a decent amount of bearing on who gets playing time going forward between Baines and Len. And as I said for... Well, as you say, uh, he allows Boucher to play at the four. I agree. That is something I touched on prior to the season. I thought that there would be some pairings there that I would like to see because I was, as far as any person in Raptors media, I actually think I was the highest on Len. I've watched a lot of his game. I thought he was a nice fit and a really good deal on a minimum contract. And yeah, I'm happy to see him getting some love. I'm glad you noticed as well. Outside of the three-point shot, uh, he's still doing lots of good things on the floor. So... Yeah, Alex Len, good for him. Uh, You know, creating a roadmap to more minutes. It's nice to see. But that's it for me. That's it for you. That's it for everybody tonight. So whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.